Pastor Jim Graff's A Significant Life Ministry is now reaching millions around the globe, carrying God's message of hope to those in need, as well as those of us struggling through life in these uncertain times. Learn more about Pastor Jim Graff's ministry at asignificantlife.com and receive encouragement with his free weekly Step into Significance devotional. Watch impact testimonies, catch up on shows you may have missed, and read about how his family ministers together worldwide. We appreciate you joining us with your prayers and financial support. Join our tribe today at asignificantlife.com. Happy Mother's Day week to all you wonderful mothers. We hope your Mother's Day is exceptional and that your entire week has your heart filled to overflowing with an awareness of just how special you are. Yeah, and Jim, I know firsthand that being a mom is special, but it's hard work too. In fact, you said in a message one time, there's probably a reason that the words mother and smother sound so similar. We mothers and grandmothers too feel a ton of responsibility for our kids and grandkids. So I pray today's message helps mothers and those who support them enjoy both the responsibilities and rewards of motherhood. I was flying home from Tulsa this past week and a mom was sitting in front of me and she had a baby and a toddler and they were crying and screaming and a lot of the time it was a short flight so it was not a big deal but she was doing the best she could to keep them quiet. She was giving them all kind of food. She was singing all their little songs, you know. I was singing them too because I know them. I'm a grandma now and I was just feeling for her, you know, but she stayed calm and she carried on and I was thinking, way to go, mom. It takes a lot of strength to be a mom, doesn't it? It takes a lot of strength. I remember when Jim and I took our four little ones on a vacation to the snow. They were seven and under at this time. I'm not sure why we thought it was a vacation at all. We had to bundle them up every time we went out, hats, coats, gloves, boots, and they were squirming. They didn't want them on. We had to lift strollers up and down everywhere we went, two of them. It was so much work. At one point of this so-called vacation, Jim turned to me and said, if they ever put me in a nursing home, I'll kill them. But we do what we do because we love our kids, don't we? And we always want to give them the best. Some of you may remember Phyllis Diller. She said, I want my children to have all the things that I couldn't afford. Then I want to move in with them. (laughs) Sounds like a good idea. But truthfully, moms, your work is never done. We do honor you for the sacrifice, for the service that you give your family 24-7. Can we give our moms one more good hand? Well, we're in a series on how God brings about the good life. And aren't you glad today, church, that we can all experience the good life? Regardless of where we are today, regardless of where we've been, we can make choices today that lead to a remarkable life in God. God is no respecter of persons. Aren't you glad? The scripture says, praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We have living hope today because we have a, a, a risen Savior. Amen? And, and he gives us mercy. The Bible says he's got great mercy. How many of you have ever needed mercy? Thank God for mercy. Amen? But he wants to birth hopes that he raises up inside of us, just like he raised Jesus from the dead. So turn to somebody and say, get your hopes up. 
Yeah, we want to get our hopes up about what God can raise up in this season in our life. Amen? We've talked about the importance of valuing God's presence. Moses said to God, he said, God, if you don't, want, if you don't go with me, I don't want to go. How many of you know we need God to live this life? Amen? We talked about valuing God's perspective or trusting his perspective. God sees and knows what we don't. The Bible says his thoughts and ways are higher than ours. Then we commit. Talked about committing to his process. Everybody say process. We got to do it his way and not our way. We got to let him lead. So today I want to talk about maturing through being planted. Being planted. What it looks like to have a life that is well-rooted. Can we pray together today? Father, we know that you have hopes for every heart that you want to raise up. Father, you have things you want to do in our lives in this season to bring about a flourishing life for each one of us. Help us to hear what you want to say today so that we see you do as you promise more than we could ask or think. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, without a good root system, a plant will never produce fruit. If the roots, uh, the roots are the anchor of the tree. They're what keep it in place, keep it stable. It's the roots that carry life. They carry nutrients from the soil, water from the soil, so that plant can grow. So roots are a necessary part of a fruitful tree or a fruitful life. Jesus said the one who builds his house on the rock has to dig down deep to lay a foundation, a root system so that they can stand through all that life brings our way. So as followers of Jesus, we are to be rooted first and foremost in him. The Bible says in Psalm 1 who's, uh, that the person who's rooted in him, in God, is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. How does God cause us to prosper? How does he root us in him? I want to give you three just real practical ways this morning. First of all, he, give us a, he gives us a place to grow roots. Everybody say a place. He gives us a space on the earth to produce a fruitful life. Before God made Adam and Eve, he gave them a place. He gave them a garden. Genesis says, now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. They had a place. Moses and Joshua led the people to the promised land, a place for them to live and flourish. He told Abraham, leave your father's house and go to the land I will show you. Isaiah said about Jesus that he grew up before us like a tender shoot, like a root out of dry ground. The word root is connected to the Hebrew word netzer, which is the word Nazareth, which Nazareth comes from. Even Jesus had a place to be rooted and to grow up. Nazareth had a population of 400 people. Nathaniel said, can anything good come from Nazareth? How many of you know something good came from Nazareth, right? Somebody who changed the world forever came from Nazareth. We don't have to change places to have a life of significance. God has a place for all of us to put down roots and to grow a fruitful life in him. Paul said in Acts 17, he said, God began by making one man, one woman, in the garden. And from him, he made all the different people who live everywhere in the world. He decided exactly when and where they would live. God chose when. Everybody say when. God chose when we would be born in history. It's kind of a crazy time to be alive, isn't it? A lot of things going on in our world. But you know, like he told Mordecai, like Mordecai said, he said, we were born for such a time as this. God wanted us to be here now. And not only when, but he decided where we'd live and make our mark for him. It's comforting to know you're not in Edna by accident. You're not in Quero, Vanderbilt, Mission Valley. You're not in Victoria by accident. God leads us 
to our land. After Jim and I were here a few years in Victoria, we got an offer to go to Arlington to take a church, Arlington, Texas. It was a church of about 2,000 people, and um, the pastor was retiring. He was a friend of my dad's, and they were, they were just building the new Ranger Stadium. So if you know my husband, he thought for sure this had to be the will of God, right? He loves baseball. So we went to spend a few days there thinking that this would probably be where we'd be going. You know, we both kind of just thought, well, this is the next step. But when we, got, when we left Arlington after those few days, we knew it wasn't the place that God had for us. We knew Victoria, Texas was our place. That's been 30 years ago. And I can tell you, we haven't looked back or we haven't looked around since then. We're going to stay planted where God has put us. Amen. And I'm glad we did. There's nowhere I'd rather be living than in my place with my people. David said the boundary lines fall for me in pleasant places. When we live in the boundaries that God has for us, I tell you, they are pleasant places. There's a rich and a satisfying life inside those boundaries. We have destination disease sometimes, right? We think if we could just get somewhere else, we could do better. I could make more money. I could make better friends. How many of you know people are the same everywhere you go? There's so much to do in the big city. I got to get out of this small town. I'm in the middle of nowhere. You know, there's no such thing as nowhere. Because when you get there, it's somewhere. You don't call somebody and say, hey, would you come get me? I'm in nowhere. (laughs) No, you're there and it's somewhere, right? It's a place. It's a space on the earth. So many times we uproot and we never grow those strong, deep support systems called roots in our lives. Anybody can leave. But it takes strength to stay where God has called you, in a place, in a marriage, in a church, in a friendship. We need to love, and we need to be devoted to our place. I'm not saying that God doesn't move us. He does that sometimes for good reasons. Many of our military families have to move often, and we're grateful for what they do, aren't we? Can we just give our military a good hand? We thank God for you. But what I am saying is that God will give us a place to be established and grow roots that will produce fruit in our life. Jimmy Carter was our 39th president. He was in office from 1977 to 1981, probably before a lot of you were born. He was a second-generation peanut farmer from Plains, Georgia. When he finished his time in the White House, he could have gone anywhere in the world to live, to continue writing, speaking, and making money like presidents do, but he chose to go back to Plains, Georgia and live, into the very, live in the very same house that he lived in before. He's the only president that has ever done that. And they have been there now for 40 years, serving the people of Sumter County, a county of 20,000 people. 40% of that town was at poverty level when they came back. So President Carter used his influence. He put a team together that has built 4,300 habitat homes in that region. At 78 years old, he was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize for his efforts to bring peace and prosperity. Every Sunday, you find President Carter and his wife at Maranatha Baptist Church, where they don't just attend, but he teaches Sunday school. He's taught over 800 Sunday school classes. He's 96, and his wife, Rosalind, is 93, and they've been married 75 years. That's an example of people who have bloomed where they've been planted. Amen. Frederick Mickner said, the place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. These are two very happy, fulfilled people. A well-rooted life is one that understands the power of place. Place, amen? Now, unless our place, the second way God roots us is through the people in our place. Everybody say people. 
Unless our place is a deserted island, we are going to have people. And that's a good thing. Adam wasn't in the garden very long until God said, it is not good for man to be alone. How many of you wives know that it's not good for your man to be alone? When you come home, the house doesn't look the same, right? I'm not talking about him. I'm just observing. (laughs) No, he said, it's not good for man to be alone. And then came Eve. God puts us in communities because it's good. It's where we find the support where we are able to serve each other and find the satisfying relationships that God created us for. We don't have to look any further than our place to find our people. You know, Jesus didn't go off to another big city or town to find his friends. He chose 12 followers from Galilee, the region where he was raised, where he lived and worked. They weren't perfect people. We know that, and neither are any of us. Bob Goff says, love difficult people because you're one of them. Don't look at anybody. We're all difficult at different times. How many of you have ever been one of those difficult people to somebody? How many of you have ever had one of those difficult people in your life? We all have. We have to learn to love and work out our differences to have the life-giving communities we all want at home. I mean, no, it starts at home, at church, at work, in the workplace, and in our community. People are the great, I read this, I love it, people are the great purifiers. Isn't that true? They make us more like Jesus. Mother Teresa said, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. She's saying, love the people in the place you call home. It's easy to love somebody from Africa, right? How about loving the annoying neighbor down the street next to you? Do you have any of those? I don't. I got great neighbors. Trees that are planted in God can find strength to be able to do that. We find strength to love each other. We can grow the fruit of the Spirit that helps us be more like Jesus. You know, we've probably all seen or heard and seen in pictures of uh, the Sierra Redwoods that grow in California. They're big, beautiful, majestic trees. They are some of the oldest trees that are living. They're from 800 to 1,500 years old. They live a long, long time. Redwoods can grow 300 feet tall, and they're 30 feet in diameter. Uh, It's a big tree, 30 30 feet around. Maybe you've seen the picture of the redwood tree with a car driving through it. That's how big they are. But these trees have an interesting root system. Their roots only grow 6 to 12 feet, uh, which is not very deep for trees that are that, that tall, that big. It would seem that they would be an easy target for hurricanes or tornadoes or storms to make them topple, you know, and cause a lot of, lot of problems. But their strength is in how they're rooted. Their shallow roots intertwine with the roots of other redwood trees. They grow so closely together, they actually share the nutrients and physically hold each other up. Beneath the surface, their roots look like this massive connected system, like the Houston highways, right? It's like they're saying, it's like they're saying, we're in this together. If you want to knock one of us down, you're going to have to knock all of us down. The roots provide strength, and that strength is in connection with each other. Science tells us that the roots matter not only to the trees, but to the soil. They impact the quality of the soil and help other things grow. What that's saying to us is our stability brings stability to others. How many of you are thankful for the people in your life who've kept their roots in the ground so that others have an environment where we can grow and where we can be healthy? Amen. Aren't you thankful for those people? I know that we want our kids, all of us, we want our kids and grandkids to have good soil to grow in and to produce fruit. It comes by staying rooted in the place 
and with the people God has given us. You know, when we plant ourselves next to good people, we find the strength to survive, even the most difficult of trials. I look at some of you today, and I know your stories, and I know the trials, I know the things that you've been through, the storms. They're not easy. They're not easy to, be through, to go through what you've gone through. But you're here today, and we're part of your support system. We're holding you up. We're holding you in place. We hold each other up, don't we? We keep each other strong. Amen? Pastor reminds us that community happens in circles, not rows. It happens where we purposely make connections. It's no wonder the enemy wants to divide us, right? To isolate us from each other. He tried to do that through COVID. But look, here we are back together, right? Because there's such strength in our connection, in our unity. Yeah, we can get a song and a sermon on a screen, and I'm thankful for that. But there's nothing like rubbing shoulders with people that spur us on and make us better. Amen? Aren't you thankful for the people around you today? Do you just give them a good hand? Statistics tell us that we live longer and healthier when we have regular and refreshing social connections. Not on the screen, but together. Flesh and blood, seeing people. God calls us family more than anything in Scripture because we were created for community. We're better together. Turn to somebody and say, you need me. <laughs> we need each other. We need each other, don't we? <laughs> because we were created for community. In the three of the Gospels, we can read a story about a man from the Gadarenes who was overcome by evil spirits. The Bible says they drove him into the wilderness. He lived, he lived alone in the graveyard. Everybody say alone. He didn't wear any clothes. He would cut himself with stones. Night and day he roamed. He didn't sleep. He had no peace. Let me remind you this morning, the devil is mean. There's nothing good in him. The scripture says he's come only to steal, kill, and to destroy. He had stolen this man's life. He was helpless. He was hopeless until Jesus showed up. Jesus came up in a boat for this one man. Jesus went through a storm for this one man, and he freed him from those evil spirits. The scripture says that the town came to see this man, and he was sitting at Jesus' feet, clothed and in his right mind. He had peace. He had a sound mind. And he had clothes. That's a good thing, right? There is nothing Jesus can't do. Nothing he won't do to bring us freedom in life. Amen? He's a good God. He's a good God. He can do anything to bring freedom. Jesus got back in the boat to go. He just came for that one reason. He got back in the boat to go. The scripture says this man begged to go with Jesus. Maybe he just wanted to get away from his past. Have you ever just wanted to get away? Like Southwest Airlines, want to get away? <laughs> I have. Just get away. Get away from it all, man. Yeah, I'm sure he felt ashamed, embarrassed about his life. People knew who he was. A lot of times Jesus would tell people, follow me, come with me. But this time he didn't. Instead, he said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. See, for years, the enemy had driven him into instability and isolation, but he needed to be rooted in a place and with people to have stability. Sometimes it's easier to go with Jesus in any place, right? Other than where we've been and the di with the difficulty, with the pain, with where we've struggled, where it's been hard, where we've had a past, but nowhere 
was this man's story going to be more celebrated and would mean more than, than, than to the people who knew him? They knew the difficulty. They saw the deliverance that Jesus brought. This man, this man went back. The scripture says he went to the ten cities and he told his story and the people were amazed. See, Jesus didn't let him just run off. No, he sent him home to a place where he could belong and be loved. We all need our place. We all need our people. A well-rooted life is in not only God's place, it's not only in the people of God, but it is in God's purpose for our life. Genesis says about Adam, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. Adam's place came with a purpose to fulfill. Adam's, uh, Adam had a job, and it was to work the garden, care for the garden. Did you notice Adam was given a job before he was given a wife? That's always a good idea, isn't it? Parents like that a lot. We're marrying off our daughters. We want to know he's got a job, right? Before he's going to have a wife. I put an acronym on there about reasons God drops us. It's really just the word drop in a place. And it starts with desire. We just have a tug in our heart to be somewhere. I remember when we got a, offered to come to Victoria, I'd never been here that I know of, and I didn't even know anything about it. Those were the days we had to write the Chamber of Commerce, so I wrote the Chamber of Commerce because I had a desire, I had a tug in my heart. What's going on here? I feel something God is doing. Then it's usually a place where we have relationship. It's some sort of maybe family, friends, some kind of relationship in that place, an opportunity to fulfill purpose. The definition of purpose is the reason for which something is created or for which it exists. The Bible says in Ephesians, we are God's handiwork. One version says we're his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God created us on purpose for his good purposes. We're packaged for a purpose. Sometimes I think we get caught up in the day-to-day and we lose sight of the significance of just doing good. Going to work every day, loving our spouse, providing for our families, serving our church, blessing our community, working for the good of those in our world. You know, we watch our, our neighbor, Bill Posey. I don't know if Bill's here today. He might be in California seeing family. But we watch Bill. If you know Bill and Barbara, they're some great people. We watch him leave early in the morning to do a radio show. While I'm making my coffee in the morning, he's driving out. He's on the radio to bring awareness and share values that are good and that are righteous. But then he goes to teach school. Bill is 74. He's a former Navy SEAL. How many of you know we don't have to become someone else to be significant, right? How many know that's significant? That's pretty powerful what he does every day. I think the key is not so much in what we do, but who we're doing it for. Colossians says, whatever you do, do it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for man. You know, when Joshua, who was Israel's leader, was getting ready to take Jericho so they could bring, begin to possess the land that God had promised them, the scripture says that the commander of the army of the Lord showed up, and he had a drawn sword in his hand. This man wasn't from earth. He was from heaven. Joshua said, whose side are you on? That's a good question, right? That's a good question. I'd want to know whose side he's on. The commander said, neither. He was saying, basically, I'm not here to take sides. I'm here to take charge. Joshua fell in reverence, and he said this. He said, Joshua said, what do you want me to do? And the commander just said, take your shoes off. Take your sandals off, because where you are is holy ground. You're on a mission with me, and where you go 
is holy ground. When we know who we're following, when we're, we, 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 that we're on a mission for him in life, I tell you, where we go is not just humdrum. Where we go is holy. When we show up, he shows up. We bring his light and we become his voice. He uses our hands, our feet, our mind, our smiles, our strength to do good in the place that he's called us. You know, I don't think there's any more significant people on the planet than moms. We have the opportunity to form and mold hearts and lives. And nobody's work is more mundane and routine sometimes than yours. I can remember fixing four sandwiches one morning. One of my kids got to school and said, Mom, you forgot to put the meat in my sandwich. (laughs) I did a lot of crazy things like that. But we have the opportunity to mold hearts and lives. And nobody works, nobody's work is more mundane uh, than yours. You know, you do a lot every single day, and then you do it all again the next day. As a mama who's helped to raise four kids, there's nothing I have done that's been more significant or more worth it in my life. So stay at your post, moms, and raise some world changers. You're not just changing diapers, you're changing destinies. You're not just washing clothes, you're washing hearts and minds. You're making men and women of God. God will help you do it, whatever the situation you're in. You're not a perfect mom, but you're the perfect mom for them. We're here to help you. We're here to help you have encouragement and examples and empower you to do your best for him. We honor you today in the extraordinary work that you do every single day. Amen. When this, uh, there's a lady in our church. She's raising four little ones and doing a great job, she and her husband. When she was a child, her mother left the home and for the dad to raise them. And I think there were four of them. It was difficult to understand, and it was devastating, I'm sure, to the whole family. Well, when this young mom in our church approached the age of her mother when she left, the enemy began to tell her, you're going to do the same thing. You're going to be just like your mom. You can't handle this. But thank God she has well-rooted in God. She's got God's truth deep down in her heart. And she's got some good women that she's leaning on and learning from. And and she's broken that curse, and they're living a different legacy. Amen. She and her husband are raising four great, great kids, world changers. But see, that's the power of being rooted well right there in a nutshell. That's the power, being in the place, having the people around you, and just being about the purposes of God. You know, everything that you do is so important. Don't ever underestimate what you're doing. You're doing good. You're doing it for God. Whatever you do, keep doing what you're doing. You know, I felt the Lord wanted me to give some of you permission today, and you'll like this. He, wanted, he wants to give you permission to settle, to settle. We don't hear that very often, do we? Where is it? Don't settle. But I, 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 want, I feel like he wants to give you permission to settle, permission to stop looking over the fence, thinking somewhere else might be your green pasture. Someplace else might be more comfortable and easy to settle there. Listen, if God brought you here, there's not a better place in the world than right here. Amen? Right here. I mean, no, right here is a good place. Right here, Victoria, Texas, right here with the people who are here. So he wants to root you well. He wants to root me well in the place with the people so we fulfill the purpose God has. Amen. Man, what a great message. Watching that message reminds me how blessed I am to have Miss Tamara for a mom. And that message of a life well-rooted is such a testament to who she has been my entire life. I remember so many times in my life when I was faced with a decision, she would remind me that God has a plan for me. 
I remember when I was in college and I had a big decision to make. You know how it is when you're in college. You're thinking about who you're gonna be and what you're gonna do with your life. And I was stressing a big decision. So mom sat me down and she told me, Michael, God has a great plan for your life and he doesn't wanna keep it a secret. You need to make time to get in his word, get in his presence, and he will be good to you. He'll lead you. And man, the peace and the hope that that gave me made such a difference. So I'm so thankful for the way that she has always reminded me of the importance of a life well-rooted in God and a life well-rooted in His Word. And He doesn't just want to be good to me, He wants to be good to all of us. Absolutely, and Michael, you know this, I wasn't raised in a home where we expected God to really speak to us. I was raised in a home that was wonderful in most every way, and my parents definitely believed in and developed within us an understanding of biblical morality. And my life was protected and blessed because of that. But when I began attending Oral Roberts University, I got around people who knew how to root themselves in God's presence. And I could see the blessings that were a byproduct of that. And I want to encourage everyone, it's not that hard. Go to church weekly, make time to read your Bible and pray daily. And if you don't know how to start, start by learning from, from people that you know know how to do it. You know, many have told us that our weekly Step Into Significance email has really been a good help too. So check that out. But above all, know if your life is rooted in God, He's going to reward you. Pastor Jim Graff's A Significant Life Ministry invites you to be a part of what God is doing around the globe. Partnering with several local agencies in our hometown of Victoria, Texas, our mission outreach exists to share God's love by providing meals to the homeless, restoring lives through our women's shelters, and working directly with our schools to invest in our next generation. Internationally, we continue providing food and supplies for Ukrainian refugees in Poland and building homes for those who lost theirs in the ongoing devastation of war. Our work in Syria offers church planters ongoing training and resources to be successful and effective. And in India, children forced into sex work are receiving a first-class education and an understanding of redemption through our House of Palms. For over 30 years, our ministry teams have been a huge part of blessing the unreached, marginalized, and forgotten through prayer, financial support, and training. But we cannot do it alone. Won't you consider joining us? To be a part of what A Significant Life is doing worldwide, visit asignificantlife.com.